1: Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on the day you're listening to this podcast. My name is Steve Eschbach. I own a business called Trans World Business Advisors here in Naperville, Illinois, outside of Chicago. And you are now participating in my Building Better Business uh, podcast series, and I thank you very much for joining. I'm delighted to have one of my local networking connections, uh, Maren Rosenberg. She owns a business here in Chicagoland. She's going to tell us a little bit about that business and the other endeavors that she's involved with and give you her perspective on how she's gotten to be where she is today. So first of all, Maren, thank you very much for joining us. and. Uh, good day to you.
0: Oh, it's really nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
2: Yeah, what I'd like to do is explore your background. We're going to take you back many, many years. Maybe it's not as many as me, but we're going to take you back to your childhood and then your formative years in high school and college and then how you got to be where it is and uh, how your vision for today and the future is. So let's start there. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Where did you, where were you born? Where did you grow up?
0: I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. proper. Um, Much respect for those who are from Maryland and Virginia, but I'm actually from D.C. And I went to all 12 grades of school there and then afterwards graduated and went to uh, Acting Conservatory in Philadelphia. I did work as an actor as a child in the D.C., Baltimore area and also, you know, would perform in plays both with folks my age, but also professionally. So with, you know, being the... Surrogate child running across the stage, doing the cute thing, and then you know I'd leave. So I've always I've always loved the arts, and I've always loved creativity, and I've always been a little bit of an organizer. In high school, I did a lot of community service work. In Washington D.C., you're required to do 100 hours of community service to graduate from high school. Oh wow! So a number of a number of students were short on community service hours come our senior year. So I would you know, organize a great big project so that everyone would have an opportunity to get enough hours to graduate. And I've always been a pretty good systems thinker as far as figuring out all the different parts and how it went together. But one of the things I really love about acting is it does really give me the the job to focus in on like one specific character or one specific element of it.
2: Sounds exciting there. So now tell me how, A, you got from Washington to Chicago, that's A, and then B, Mm -hmm. We haven't even talked about the business that you own and operate, so we'll get into that a little bit. So how did uh, how did things go from you going from Washington, D.C. to Chicago? And then tell us a bit about your current business that you own and operate.
0: So from Washington, D.C., I graduated with a uh, Bachelor's of Fine Arts from the University of the Arts in Philadelphia. I then afterwards decided that I wanted to spend some time traveling and working overseas. And when I wanted to move back to the United States, I... I love Washington, D.C., but I don't always like Washington, D.C., and my mother's family is uh, located outside of Chicago in DeKalb, Illinois. I also had my brother and his wife were here at the time. My brother's wife was going to law school, and uh, so it felt like, well, we'll give give Chicago a a try. About a year after moving here, I met my husband, and he is— originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, but his family and he have been here since he was five years old. So and sorry, four years old. He's giving me hand gestures from off the screen. And I have found that this has been a really nice mix of sort of faster metropolitan kind of living, but also folks that I think are a little a little less prickly and a little kinder in general, as we go here. And so I originally moved here to work Exclusively as an actor and a performer, but then ended up transitioning into being an entrepreneur. I started uh, my own business in 2015 after helping open the first escape room, kind of unintentionally, in Chicago in 2013. It was actually it's a little bit of a funny story. I hadn't gotten the job that I normally would get at Navy Pier performing in their holiday. In there, I guess they do like a Winter Wonderland type thing, and was teaching and my teaching schedule conflicted with some of the rehearsal and performance times. So I didn't get hired and I was scrambling to find another holiday gig last minute and someone was looking for zombies. And so I wrote this really cheeky email because it was, I'd probably had a glass of bourbon and it was two o'clock in the morning and it was 2am. And I'm like, and you know, this is obviously not a professional theater artist. They were asking me much more sort of traditional work business interview questions like you know give us three reasons why you think you'd be great for this role mm-hmm. so I got quite sassy and and was like well I'm a vegetarian so if I am a method actor it doesn't matter I won't eat your guests Meh yeah yeah uh the gentleman calls me back the next day and he's this larger than life wild guy oh. who got sort of this business idea. To give you a sense of who he was, he used to be a professional mascot and then he became a day trader in the late 80s, early 90s. Lost a great deal in 2008 in real estate and now he produces events. And so I, we, he had this room escape thing and we figured out how to make it work together. And after a year and a half, he effectively said, I can't afford to keep you, but I want to be supportive of you. Let me give you some seed money and I'd love for you to go and start your own business and we can be brother and sister companies.
2: Let me ask you a question. Did you have uh, business ownership in mind when he approached you with that or was that kind of out no. of the blue? No, so it never back-
0: crossed my mind. I was I was getting ready to have the like you need to fire me or you need to pay me more conversation and he sort of threw in that third but what about option C? So, yeah, being a business owner was never something I had planned for. Obviously, as a performer and actor, you have to be a little bit of a business owner in that you are, you know, managing your own accounts and you, you are your business, but it's a, it's quite different than, you know, running a more traditional business.
2: So I got to believe you had some partners to help you along the way. So uh, Marin wasn't the uh, sole entrepreneur. She had a team. Uh, I think your husband helped you out. You probably had some others outside of the, uh, the family there. Tell us a little bit about starting it up in 2015. You know, what, what, uh, what pieces of advice did you get from some of the outside folks looking in and et cetera? And, you know, so we're talking about five years ago. How did you get five, six years mm-hmm. ago? And how did that all develop to where you are today?
0: So five years ago, when I started my business, it was myself and my design partner, we would sort of joke that she handles the machines and I handle the people. She does all the building of the stuff and I did all the building of the, you know, there was like, there's a little tiny document in our lobby, which is like, here's our occupancy placard and our business license so we can sort of point to the giant cta train that we built out of recycled and repurposed materials and say she built most of that and Marin built most of that poster i uh, was very fortunate to have i didn't uh my business i started with you know a little bit of money my former boss you know was there to sort of tell me Some of the things that he had learned, but to be perfectly honest, I'm pretty sure part of the reason he wanted me to start my own business was because he wanted me to figure out the right way to do it. He was sort of a better-to-beg-for-forgiveness-than-ask-for-permission type, and I'm very much a do-things-by-the-book detail-oriented person. So he had some advice for me. Uh, My mother-in-law also has been an entrepreneur for a number of years. She has a salon and gallery in Evanston. And so there are definitely times, especially in the beginning, when the city of Chicago was making me jump through all sorts of ridiculous hoops, telling me I needed to get a professional public place of amusements business license as opposed to a uh, traditional business license. And I really felt frustrated and discouraged. She was there to sort of talk me through it and be like they're just forms just do what they ask and you'll be able to start doing the part of this job that you are good at and that you like. So it was definitely very encouraging. I've always had the support of, you know, my family, my husband, my husband's family, we're all quite close. And a lot of it has been because it's not a traditional business. I've had a lot of just kind of figuring it out as we go along. We went from having two other competitors in the city to having Seventeen in the course of a single year, and that was in uh, 2017. So flipping from a uh, supply and demand to a uh, differentiation model was definitely a fun marketing challenge.
2: So uh, tell me a little bit about your business. We kind of know what it is, but we don't know the specifics. I mean, I know what an escape room is. Some others might know what an escape room is. How would you best describe your business? It's an entertainment venue. I would I would probably guess. You would describe Mm -hmm. it as that, but you've got six different uh, rooms, I understand, with a Chicago theme. What is the whole nature of your entertainment venue for your customers?
0: Sure. Escape Artistry is a Chicago-centric escape room venue. If you don't know what an escape room is, the easiest way to describe it is we've built a train. And you and your team get on the train, and you suddenly discover the train has been tampered with by a comic book-style villain. You also discover that you get 60 minutes to find a bunch of clues and solve a bunch of riddles, and which will allow you to stop the train, save yourselves in the city of Chicago. Again, you have an hour. So it's kind of like getting to live in a video game for an hour. Everything that we've built is specific uh, to Chicago. So we've based our themes on Chicago's past, present, and future. And we have a bit of a time travel theme. Uh, We have two physical locations in Wicker Park. One is in uh, the Flatiron Arts Building right at the intersection of Milwaukee, North, and Damon. And the other is just about five to ten minutes down the street, depending on how quickly you walk. And that is uh, our 1342 Time Gallery location. That one has five rooms. In addition, we have a uh, sort of party and party and uh, workshop space, as well as a large lobby, which we have rented out for special events. Everyone who works with our company in one respect or another is an artist. So in addition to uh, just being able to, you know, have fun folks around, I feel really fortunate that I'm able to help provide year round, uh, you know, year round income for folks who can then also go off and play in a band that's opening for the misfits or, you know, really let someone hone their sushi making skills because what they really want to be is a chef.
2: There you go. The collaborative effort. You now can delegate your phone calls to someone else who's with you. Um, Exactly. Just getting back to your business that you run, it's um, And I've done it and many people may not have done it. But the whole idea behind a discreet room is to get 10 or 12 people together in a confined area to collaborate and determine ways to stop that train so you can get off and save yourself. It's a lot of fun. It really is. But the essential part of that is that you have to uh, trust in your fellow Uh, event members to collaborate? Because uh, it's tough to do it on your own, but if you're willing to share the ideas and share your findings, I think that's to your success. Am I right?
0: That's exactly correct. We draw on our entertainment backgrounds, so ours is maybe more immersive than some other venues. But the thing that you will always find true with Escape Rooms is that there is a series of clues and puzzles and riddles, And a group of people is tasked with having to work together. I suppose you could all try to do it independently or individually, but I've never seen a group be successful when they were more interested in like being the first to do it. So it does really highlight a lot of important elements of teamwork, communication, staying organized, staying on task, time management. And before the pandemic, a fair amount of our uh, business, I would say like our second largest uh, source of income was corporate team building outings. Uh, I think a lot of uh, larger organizations really got hip to the fact that we, this was a nice way to uh, do some team bonding it's also fun. We do a lot of work with education as well and what's nice is that we are able to create safe places for people to make mistakes. you know the train's not actually going to crash if you know if you don't solve it in time but it gives people an opportunity to play and to uh, really be focused on one thing for an hour as well. You don't have your cell phone, you don't have a laptop and you just are charged with working with your brain and the brains that are in the room with you.
2: Absolutely. So let me ask you a question. Now you relied on your mother-in-law who owns her own hair salon. And I would imagine you've actually counted with other business owners. What would you say was the most prominent or the biggest piece of advice you got between when you started to right now, so what would you say is a single element or single idea that really kind of guided you accordingly
0: I would say i've had I've had a pretty rough uh sort of put your nose to the grindstone and just kind of learn it learn as you make mistakes kind of business education. I did do the ten thousand small businesses program as well, and it's a Goldman Sachs ten thousand small businesses uh, and that's sort of you it's like think of it as like a, a baby m b a program and I would say some of the biggest pieces of advice or things that I needed to learn, unlearn or relearn were that I'm trying to think of sort of one that's happy and inspirational. But I can't, the one that's coming to my mind right now is um, really make sure you you know and trust the people. If you get into business with them, you can always you know, I, I grew up with the idea that, you know, banks were banks were out to get you. But you know, people are good. And I think people generally are good. But once you once you get into a business relationship with folks, it's really like it can become a messy, terrible divorce, which I've had the unfortunate experience of. Uh, so once you decide to go into business with someone, you have to have very clear roles, responsibilities, expectations, and you have to hope for hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And that includes having a clear, a clear contract, having clear roles and expectations. And also that as a business grows and develops, some of the people who were really vital to getting the business started may not grow with the business. They may be interested in staying exactly where they are. And rather than you know rearranging your business or life to make sure that they have something to do, you know, release them back to the workforce so that they can be available to pursue other opportunities. I would also say something that I sort of in, what felt happy to hear, but um, sort of think I sort of got on a gut level before was uh, when I was in the small business uh, classes from 10 KSB, they said, uh, hire for skill, don't hire, uh, sorry, hire for fit, don't hire for skill. Uh, skills can be taught. But uh, I think it is very, very important to have a company culture, both for a branding and marketing point of view, but also so that you can make sure that you are finding and attracting the right types of folks who are going to work with the other people in the space, regardless of what people are doing for work. It is a collaboration as soon as you involve other people. And so it is important that the people get the culture and get the get the vibe as well as the actual skills.
2: So uh, that probably answers my next question. My next question was going to be, what piece of advice would you give other business owners? And I'm getting a sense that what was given to you is something that you rely on to others, is that you need to really know, like, and trust the people you work with to be successful.
0: Yeah. And I would say you can't know or grow your business until you know it yourself. And I think that It's very important for you to have a strong identity before you start inviting other people into it so that uh, rather than all of us being in this sort of awkward, you know, when you're like a teenager and you're like, who am I? And I don't know. And, you know, I think when you're a business owner, it's very important that you you know, know who you are as a person, know what your priorities are, and then you find people who are going to complement, you know, that existing company culture. Rather than being like, oh, we're gonna build it together, because pretty much everybody else is gonna look to you and just go, so what are we doing, boss?
2: Yeah. So I have the uh, distinct pleasure of knowing you and your business. So, with an escape room, it primarily was uh, you come to my shop and we will entertain you. But of course, everyone knows that with our pandemic, things have had to change a little bit. So I know you've moved some of them to virtual. I know Mm -hmm. you've moved uh, the way you have people come into your location, like a private event versus a public opening. And then the other thing would be is that you've offered a different type of program that's virtually. And then your facility that you work at can be used as backdrops for other types of events. I've been very vague with that. So describe how you have adapted to the new environment here that unfortunately many of us have to adapt to.
0: Yeah, one of, one of the benefits of being a creative and again, playing to our strengths is that we are, we are adaptable and we are used to coming up against challenges and having to just figure out how to find a new way around it. Um, so if our goal is to provide immersive entertainment, And we are faced with the limit of not being allowed to physically be in proximity with one another. Uh, We did adapt to one. We used to allow folks to create Groups out of you know, mixed groups. I think like when you go to a movie theater, you know you buy two tickets and someone else comes as a group of four, but you're all watching the movie together. This is a little more intense because you're all stopping the runaway train together. You do actually have to communicate and interact. and so we would create opportunities like that. But of course, with the pandemic, we one of the first things we had to do uh, when we were allowed to open was we had to make it only private. So uh, that meant that groups were either, coming in and just being able to and figuring out how we can get groups through an escape room experience designed for 10 people as a group of three because they only had three people who wanted to come. Uh, so that was sort of an adaption on our part. But then as we continued to see that this was, I was one of those people who really thought, "Oh, okay, well, this will, you know, we'll be, we'll be back to business as usual by like, mm, you know, October. And we're very clearly well beyond that. So we also went virtual. We, uh, I worked with my husband, uh, who is much more technologically minded, to figure out a way to uh, have a streaming system so that we can use Zoom, like what we're talking on right now. And from the comfort of your own home, you can be in our sets, which, again, are totally immersive. And you have an on-camera host, and you also have a, a secondary camera that helps you keep track of your inventory, What has been really important is trying to help people understand that the expectation of the experience should be different. If you go and you're like, I want to play an escape room, and you're like, these were so fun, it's actually harder for me to satisfy those guests who are expecting the in-person escape room because the virtual escape. It's just a different medium. It's a different way of telling stories, and it's a different way of communicating. We also uh, have been quite fortunate that while we're not allowed, we got... You know, we had to roll back and uh, not offer in person events anymore. We are still allowed to host uh, video photography shoots for production purposes. And uh, Chicago has a thriving arts community and people want to create, which is really nice. And we've been, because our sets are lovely and expansive and nuanced, uh, they've been really helpful in creating the right kind of atmosphere for folks to be able to do a product shoot or shoot a music video. So we have been doing a great deal of uh, not event rentals, but production rentals. And uh, finally, one of the things that we were able to start producing while we were allowed to gather in small groups. And then we transitioned to virtual because we were transitioning the rooms to virtual. And then we were going to have to transition the uh, murder mystery series. So I wrote and developed a murder mystery series that, utilized each of the sets specifically that we have in the premise. And that, again, still allowed us to do our, you know, provide artists in the community with meaningful work and uh, uh, again, doing it in a safe socially distanced way. So I think also, again, you know, being a mission driven company and having, okay, well, we can't provide work for artists in Chicago by doing live escape rooms How else can we do this? Great. Let's we'll do it virtually. So we hire an artist to be the camera person. We hire actors to do the murder mystery. And it's, it's been fun and interesting. And again, sometimes, sometimes emergency or uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And sometimes it really just means that you don't get to do it quite as well as you would like to or outside of the pressure cooker. But sometimes you still just got to get it done.
2: Right. So basically, you've demonstrated that you have to be able to respond to any situation that surrounds you, whether it be economic, whether it be pandemic or whatever it is but as long as you're willing able to kind of absorb what's going on and respond accordingly that's how you got you know your private event uh uh, module that's how you got your murder mystery module that's how you've converted some of your rooms to a virtual experience it goes to show you that you're still staying on top of what you're doing in terms of your business versus what's going on around you
0: yes and i think that there's definitely for me it's helpful you know there are a lot of things i can't control i can't control when the governor allows us to work or not work and my job is to trust that they're consulting with the cdc and doctors and they're making the best and they're making the best big picture choices for the city and my job is to work and be creative and expansive within the confines of what i know to exist yes it's totally frustrating to to uh you know be open be closed be open be closed and i'm not a restaurant i'm not you know losing $15,000 worth of hamburger every time I have to close. Right. But it has been, you know, it has been nice to also be able to still bring entertainment to people even. And now one of the things that's nice is that, you know, a silver lining is now this is something that we have. And even after the pandemic, this means that if there's a lovely family and half of them are in the U S and half of them are in France, they can all play an escape room together. Absolutely. They just, again, we'll have to be able to do it virtually.
2: So that kind of uh, falls in line to my last question. Uh, what's your um, view on valuation? And I think, and when I mean valuation in terms of maximizing the value of your business, it sounds like you're actually doing what you need to do. You're not sitting tight and letting the world kind of come back to normal. Cause we don't even know what that might be. So in terms of value, you're always looking for a ways to expand revenue and b ways to reduce costs to get the bottom line maximize going forward. Did I, did I say that right on your behalf?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you have a, a good sense of that. And it is interesting. The second location that I opened, I opened with investors, with partners. And that's where my advice of be very careful who you, who you get into a business marriage with because divorce is ugly. And apparently business divorce is just as common as you know domestic divorce in this country. Yes. So we did have to go through this process of valuation. And it was difficult because it's a you know, unique industry, we couldn't do a lot of, you know, comparables. It was a fairly young business, so we couldn't do a timeline. And there was a lot of unknown factors in that the business wasn't operating optimally. So, but how do you evaluate based on what it could do, or what the potential of it is? And I think that, one of the best ways to create a more solid valuation is to, like you said, make sure that it, you know, you have the diver- the diversity of revenue streams. And it doesn't mean I suddenly go into, you know, Escape Artistry is now also a timeshare company. Right. You know, I don't know anything about timeshares. Why would I do that? But if there are ways in which I can expand, it can be as small as now I also sell t-shirts, so after someone plays an escape room, do you have the ability to make a little bit more money off of your, you know, customer base by giving them a product that they can have as a keepsake? If you're creatives, you know, can you help make more money by helping to host their event? But I think also again, the valuation comes with playing to the strengths of the company and making sure that whatever it is that you are doing is extra revenue streams and added value that you can do it that you can do it well.
2: Absolutely. So we're about the at the end of our time. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to mention to our audience? Anything that uh, is on your mind that I missed?
0: So the title or the I I don't know I guess is building Building better Better
2: businesses. Building better businesses. So
0: and I think it took me a while to really get my. So one of the things that at least and maybe this is more specific to me, I'm used to a theatrical production, a film production where it has a beginning and a middle and an end. And I know what that end date is normally, give or take a month or two. And with a business, you have to both make your plans for the short term, but you also have to make your long-term plans. And long-term goals were something that I was really was really new and concept to me. And I didn't realize that those long-term plans can absolutely include an exit strategy. Because one of the things I found was that I was I was just feeling really stuck and really like this is you know this has to go on forever and I feel like if you are going to be an entrepreneur and you are going to run a business you are going to spend more time working than a lot of people and you're probably smart and quite capable and could work for a company and do a nine to, and you know have someone else tell you what your job is and you show up and you're available to do your job during these times and then you can go and live your totally separate life outside. But when you're an entrepreneur, and you run the business, it's sort of a all the time thing. Even if you're hanging out with friends playing golf, you're thinking, you know, you have stuff, you know, churning in the back of your mind. And I think that for me, remembering to include myself in the equation of the business and my, my personal happiness and satisfaction, as well as for what that meant for me was figuring out how and when I could exit the business if I wanted to, was it, okay, I need to make a certain amount of money or I need to be able to uh, get the business to a place where I could sell it, or uh, I need to set a timeline so that I need to, you know, if I made this much money by the time my lease runs out at this date and have those things already understood so that you don't have to make those decisions in a sort of a tizzy or last minute, A stressful situation where you've had time to sort of think about it and take it for a walk and figure out how it's going to impact all the different sectors of your business, your staff, your income for your family, all of those things.
2: So I will just add one comment before I ask you the last question is that you're talking about exit strategy. It could also be expansion strategy. It could also be a synergistic strategy. It could be a strategic strategy. But maximum valuation, no matter what that next step should be, should always be paramount with what you're doing.
0: Yep. And I think that, again, you know, in many in many respects, If you are building a business that is, you know, driven by you as a person, it needs to be something that is rewarding to you. So if what you see is that, you know, if what, you know, if what I really wanted to do is be building the escape rooms, well, you build the escape rooms once, but then you run them. So maybe I would need to, if I was dissatisfied with running the escape rooms, pivot my business model to something that was much more satisfying and fulfilling to me, you know, maybe it's, Maybe we specialize in building the escape rooms, and then I'd have to learn about marketing to other companies and how do I get that out versus, you know, the thing that I do really like is the engagement with the customers and the, you know, putting putting on a fun, bespoke event for people. Right. So-
2: yeah, clearly really clearly, when you're saying,
0: what it is that you
2: want. Yeah, clearly what you're saying, it's a never-ending, evolving process. So last thing before we go, Maren, how can people get in touch with you? So let us know how they can find you on the web, how they can call you. Uh, you don't necessarily need to give me your physical address because they don't need to drive to your house. But mm-hmm. if they want more information, how do they get in touch with you?
0: Of course. Well, Escape Artistry has a website. It's escape-artistry.com. So E-S-C-A-P-E hyphen dot You can call the box office during business hours. Our number is 773-789-9535. And of course, you can also just email the box office, uh, boxoffice at escape-artistry.com. Again, our businesses do have two physical locations in Chicago in the Wicker Park neighborhood, uh, but you're definitely going to want to make a reservation or call in advance. We have had people just kind of try to show up for a walk-in, and unfortunately, we can't accommodate those right now because COVID
2: good words of advice. Thanks so much, Maren, for your time. And I appreciate your uh, sharing your insights. And uh, this was terrific. Thanks so much.
0: You're so welcome. Thanks again for having me.
1: The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele which in turn will build you a better business.